everyone and welcome to Mom Your Own Way. I'm Lily Coco and today I'm talking to Genesis Mermano. We're going to discuss her motherhood, her whole journey, and her whole personal story. So let's just jump right in it. I do a little jig when I begin. Hi, Genesis. Hi. Yeah, Hi. okay. Yeah. All right. Look at this energy. Okay. That got me more hyped than the coffee. I'm here, girl. I'm here, girl. Okay. I got, I got juice over here. Yeah. I've, uh, I have this other mug that's, like, really janky. It's got, like, a bottle opener on the bottom and, like, clinks when I drink it. And then this one's got a mismatching lid. So I'm I'm on Etsy already. I'm trying to find this cute design. I'm trying to get it sent. This girl's talking to me about maybe getting it, like, onto the cup, but I don't have it yet. So I'm just... Yeah with these weird cups right now. I'm, I'm not gonna show you, but this is a work one, so this will have the label of my job. <laughs> so okay. I should probably get on Etsy too Ooh. and get myself a nice mug. Oh, yeah, or ask your job for uh, a bonus for promoting them, you know? Like you're yeah. now an influencer on a podcast, spreading the good news of your job, saying, hey, whatever the job is. Look at this. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. look at you influencing. Well, Genesis, so nice to meet you. We got introduced through Naomi, and yeah. I don't really know anything about you, but I'm so excited to get to know you. So tell me your story. You can start before motherhood even. Like, how'd you get here in front of my computer, I guess, huh? Oh, before motherhood. So I will tell you, um, man, where to start? Actually, I was traveling. I was enjoying my life, um, doing the single thing, you know? Um, and then I met you know, my daughter's dad. Um, and um, that, that, that kind of, you know, took a turn pretty fast to change mm. things pretty fast. So January, he was my boyfriend, January 1st, 2nd, I got pregnant. Um, it was like fast. a New Year's date? Yes. So actually, we had been dating for three months previous. Okay. And I met him at a girlfriend's wedding. So um, he did at the wedding, he did like one of these like little numbers, like come here. Okay. And I was just all about it and was like, okay, here I come. <laughs> you hook this fish. I was like, ooh, yes, call me daddy. No, it, was, it, it was definitely one of those and I thought he was so hot. So there I went, next day, was pregnant, didn't find out till about a week later. Um, so I knew for about a good two weeks before I told him. Mm. And I was really scared to tell him. I was just like, ah, should I tell him? Should, you know, am I going to keep it? Is it even worth saying to him? So eventually I, I built up, you know, the, the nerve to go and tell him. And, and he, he, was, he was okay with it. He was just like, let's do it, you know, sure. But at this time, so, so we're only officially dating for a day. Um, a week later, you know, um, I, I'm telling him that I'm pregnant. Then he moves in within two months. Mm. Um, now we're living together, trying to get to know each other, live together, deal with the pregnancy. My hormones were raging. Yeah. I mean, I was just a crazy pregnant woman. For Wait, sure. tell me about your hormones. Tell me about your pregnancy. So my pregnancy, um, it was my pregnancy was hard. Um, I was tired um, all the time. I mean, I, I had no energy to do anything, although everybody said I was glowing. And I actually did feel like I was glowing, 
but just the energy level was just not there. Drained out of you. One of the most like annoying things I found was what and everyone's like, enjoy your sleep now, enjoy your sleep now. I'm like, I'm tired of hearing that, but then now I do get it and I miss it and I get it and I'm sorry to everybody, but like, it's just annoying to hear. It's like, enjoy your sleep now. I'm like, I'm just tired already. Like, I don't I know. Remember, I remember thinking uh, when people would tell me that like, it's just probably you didn't know how to manage, you know, your child. In my yeah. head, that's what process. You don't know how to sure. manage your child. I'm I'm going to be just fine. Um, and then she came. Mm-hmm. Um, and she How was your home. birth? Um, birth was, I was in labor 20 hours. Okay. Um, I actually, um, I wasn't dilating. So I was at three centimeters for a good portion of those 20 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, then they gave me Pitocin. So, so here's the thing with my birth. My, uh my doctor who delivered my daughter who my my daughter's name is rowan um cute name thank you um she also he also delivered my sisters okay so he's been like a family doctor Mm. but he was retiring so he was going to be done and you know that day was the last day he was going to be on the calendar to be um at the hospital Mm. so i wanted to make sure that i got in with him so i told him you got to do what you got to do to make sure this baby comes out tonight with you because you're retiring so I won't get this opportunity anymore and this is kind of something that's gone on with my family yeah I'm picturing Um, like a sitcom scene where he like grabs the baby delivers and then like spins on a chair and then somebody hands him a bottle and he like opens it up and like the celebration begins and then the nurses jump into like a musical party yeah and then you and the baby just like know the routine too and you guys are like retirement yeah yeah um, yeah, no. So, I, so he said, okay, I'll do what I can. So this, so the, the nurse on his instructions, obviously just put the Pitocin, gave me Pitocin. And, um, I don't know that. So I, I heard they're, they're supposed to give it in small doses. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I received the Pitocin that way because within like five, 10 minutes, like I was in some pain. So I was yeah. going, um, so you know how you can see the monitors on there? Yeah. So mine was hitting like 100 every other minute and I was only dilated three centimeters. Mm-hmm. So um, I told the nurse about it two, three hours into it, like, there's just no way. I'm not gonna make it out of this. It hurts so bad. Yeah. Like I was like, I was the exorcist. I was holding on to both sides mm-hmm. of the thing and I'm just like screaming for dear life. And I kept telling yeah. everybody who would talk like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> it was like it's- literally like an exorcist moment for me. It was so yeah. bad. So, um, so I told the nurse, you know, I need the epidural. I want the epidural. Yeah. So here comes the doctor finally, after I don't know how long to give me the epidural Mm -hmm. and the contractions are hitting me every other minute. So I can't sit still. Yeah. He literally tells me if you do not sit still, you're not going to get this epidural. Oh, because they can't miss it. Yeah. They can't Mm -hmm. miss it. Like you have to be absolutely still. And I just was like. It was just hurting me so bad. So I don't know what came over me. I guess it was the thought that I was going to continue being in pain if I just didn't just suck it yeah. up. But it's so funny the way the brain works because it just like turned off. I didn't even feel it anymore because I wanted that epidural so bad. Yeah. And the nurse even made a comment and she said, wait, is she even still getting a contraction? And the other nurse that was there was like, yeah, she's still getting them. Wow. So um, You just kind of froze in peace. I was just like, there's just no way you're going to leave here without giving me this epidural because yeah. I can't I can't take much more of this. The pain, I went through the similar uh, thing where I had to, they encouraged me to take Pitocin and then my pain was so unbearable. Like I was shaking. I, I was like, I, 
I, I don't know, cut this baby out of me. I don't know how anyone does it. And so we did the epidural. And then through my podcast, I had actually recently learned that um, what makes it so intolerable is the Pitocin. So they call it a cascade of intervention. And so they start with the one thing of the Pitocin to make your contraction faster, but that spikes up your pain level. And so then you do the epidural and then the other thing like, um, and so it, it helps you in the end because then like you, you do speed up the process and then the, you do get rid of the pain so you can have this like more relaxing birth instead of crying out and like yes. I, I didn't want to remember it being so painful so I was like oh my gosh somebody stab me with that epidural like wherever you need to <laughs> wherever it needs to go yeah like somebody just get it going um but those are some things that I didn't know that because I kept asking my like natural moms, I'm like, how did you live through that pain? How? And the pains are actually different if you don't get the Pitocin yes. um, and your body reacts to it differently. So I yes. don't know what that does for anybody, but I was just blown away learning I, that. I have heard that too. I have heard that getting the Pitocin definitely heightens that um, the pain. It's, I mean, it's, it's insane. It's insane. No, it's yeah. very insane. And, and I will say I've had uh, my gallbladder removed and I've had gallstones and so when I had those, everybody said that pain's very similar to birth. Um, mm. It's it's so you've you've done that, then you definitely will be okay with this. And it was nowhere near like yeah, it just the the pain with the pitocin was so bad. So that being said, if I get pregnant again ever, I don't know if um I'll go that route. I just feel like for the amount of pain that I went through, I might as well just experience a natural birth. Well, the you more know? moms I talk to, it it seems like the natural birth is a lot more fluid because instead of being constricted to the bed and then um, getting the, the medication right away that increases your pain, you're more yeah. fluid and you're moving and your things are kind of moving around. This one um, girl who does a natural birth boot camp talked about how if your ring is stuck on your finger, you know, when you pull it, it doesn't come off and it hurts. Yeah. So you have to wiggle the finger, the ring at the same time. So that's the natural birth is when you're moving and the baby's moving and everything is actually like easy instead of when it's a, a an abrupt forced thing. And, and you so, know what? That makes so much sense because I always right? said to myself, I see some, I see some of these births where like women are sitting on the, um, what is it, like the big yoga ball. Uh-huh. And I'm like, there's no way in hell I would have been sitting on a yoga ball moving. I was like, like literally tied down to that bed. Yeah. Um, I could not move even if I wanted to. So even mm -hmm. when they lifted me up to put the epidural on my back, that was a mission. Yeah. So I, I always thought, how do these moms sit there like all cute on the balls? Like just that's what I was wondering. You know? Like, how do they do it? And then there's a whole thing about the position, apparently. So like uh, the reason you lay on your back is so the doctor can get in there. So it's convenient for the doctor. But apparently if you're like in the squat or like the cow position, it's easier for the baby to come out. Because Yeah. Kind of. OK. Have you heard of like the, the squatty potty? Mm it's like a position yes, where yes, you put your yes. feet so like pooping's and, and easier actually, let me tell you about that i have my own squatty potty okay i use so tmi for everybody out there but yes um and actually my family would make fun of me because um so I, I used to live with my sisters and they would always just walk into the restroom so i had my squatty potty so they would look at me what are you doing and i'm like it's a thing like it's a thing it's supposed to make it easier to go to the restroom see isn't that wild so, to like having you in that position just pooping already makes it easier so then similarly to birth instead of, like it would be harder for you to poop on your back versus in this position yes. so similarly if you were to give birth in like and i'm not speaking from an experience just from what i heard but like if you do it in the squat position kind of similar to that that's why like yeah. the ball apparently works so well because you're moving with the baby and you're kind of squatting and opening 
Um, and so apparently it's supposed to be easier. And, and that makes sense. I just, I, I, I'm, gl- I'm glad that I went through the experience, right. but I feel like because I said yes to the Pitocin and then the epidural, it, it increased the pain and then decreased it. Like they were responsible for my pain, but then they said they would make it go away. And so I, I was right there with you. I was like, I am shaking. I can't believe how anyone does it naturally. Yes. I feel like I'm going to die. What is going on? And I, so. Yes. Like my face was going pale. Um, I just remember just like, it was a pain on my back that was just like, I felt like my back ripping. was just like ripping apart. Yeah. Like an alien then, like, was going to climb out. Reminded me of Braveheart, you know, when they're just like, and he's like, ah, you know, like that was totally me. I just, I, you should have painted yeah. your face the half like, blue. <laughs> yeah, at the hospital, just make like a thing. What does he say at the end? I'm like, freedom. Freedom. <laughs> and then the baby comes. That's what the baby says climbing out. Freedom. Like, out with like blood. Oh, no, that would be a crazy scene, dude. Can you imagine? The doctor would be like, I stayed on, on the clock for this. Yeah, but what if you do do it that way and like record your birth so your baby's like full on brave heart and you just like commit to it? Like that would be, yeah, oh, that would be awesome. I'm yeah, have the nurses like with there. the flags. I love that, right? Oh my god, that's such a good idea for dads. They should totally do it. <laughs> well, at least right next to you, right? Like, yeah, like half freedom. face waving that flag, just going for it, man. <laughs> I'd probably be like, I can't focus. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> but then out. maybe it would make, like, the pain go away because you'd just be so stuck in this laughter. I mean, yeah, actually. <laughs> I'd be like, stop. You know I can't. Yeah, and the baby just pops out. You're like, it already happened? I missed it. Yeah, okay. But with that laughter, I might just even poop on myself because, you know, well, that happens too. That it happens didn't happen too. to me, thankfully, but oh. I don't know if it happens to I don't to know. I think, I think they were cleaning up. I think they were very, I asked, I had my husband in, in the room, so I was like, how does it, you know, they were saying like the baby hairs are appearing and I was like, oh, can you see, like, is it cute? And he's like, there's a lot going on. <laughs> and so by that, I was like, oh. Well, let me tell you when the, when she finally came out and I looked at her, so I had my mom and um, her dad in there with me. Um, and then I, I looked at her and her head looked like a cone head. So oh, did they you- use the thing? I, I don't even know if they use, I honestly, I don't even know, but I looked at my kid and I said, she's like, her head's deformed. Like what, the, what's going on here? You know? Yeah. And my mom, I guess saw it in my face. So she literally was like, no, 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 sweetheart. That's normal. You know, it'll change. And I'm like, okay, cause she just left the hell. <laughs> That's really funny. But then it, it then I guess now, now it's a normal head, but before yeah. it was like, oh no, what happened? It's weird to consider now if you have to go through a really tiny tunnel and be like, I don't know, then you can like shape shift, kind of like cats can just yes. like go under a door and you're like, you shouldn't fit through that. It's weird that they like, you know, yeah. now your baby's bigger. So you're like, how did you ever fit inside me? Like, oh, I don't think that works. It's weird yeah, to- you're like, eh, this isn't, this isn't cool. And actually talking about, cause you were saying recording videos, um, I recorded, uh, her birth. Yay. I have yet to watch it. You should. I have never watched it. Um, what are you doing tonight? Make some popcorn. I just, I'm scared to watch it. To, it's going to sound retarded, but it, I'm so scared to watch it. Um, I think it's going to just give you oxyt- oxytocin and like remind you of how powerful you are and how powerful your body is and her birth and her welcoming into the yes. world. But also why. might be I, scary. I don't like the sight of blood. And just uh, the thought of seeing my vagina like that, it's just like, oh, that's a What's lot the for angle me. of this video? Are they like it's on in the there side where the of my badge? Was? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's like it's hmm. going to catch all of that. And I'm just like, 
man, I, I could see it if it was from like an angle where I didn't have to see all that. That's Should a be lot. From the side. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have the stomach for that. So yeah. I have yet to watch it and she's about two and a half. So at some point I do have to sit down and watch that, <laughs> that yeah. video. If you have a really close friend, like a really close friend, you can ask them to put one of those like blockers, stickers over it. So then okay. you so don't I see have it. Really close friends, but they'd probably, because we're so close, just they, they'd probably be laughing at me for different stuff like oh my god look at this you know so it's just yeah. like i don't know if i want to show you guys that that's too much ammo I'm giving you guys too much to work with there it is really a lot <laughs> i mean you're really opening yourself up as your Literally. legs open yeah you're just like hello <laughs> here i am take me to dinner first yeah freedom the baby comes out <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. I don't know if I want to give them that yet. Um, I'd have yeah. to watch that one by myself at some point when she's sleeping. And yeah. maybe I got a drink or two in me. <laughs> there you go. Make it a night. I wouldn't say go with like white wine instead of red wine because you don't want anything red around you when you're no, watching No, no, no. You're actually, you're right. I didn't think about that. I thought maybe because it'd make me sleepy and not want to watch the video. <laughs> no, you're just going to be like, ah, oh, this looks too similar. Yeah, no, <laughs> this isn't good. Yeah, no, that, that's a... Uh, yeah, no, at some point, but probably not anytime soon. I'll give it another year, maybe. It's good to still have it. So how was the rest? So she she came, she's healthy. She had a cone head, but now she's good. <laughs> so how was like, your first? went on a podcast and told people I had a cone head? Sure did, honey, but you're sure beautiful. Did. Yeah, sure it's all right. Did. Madonna had cone boobs, so it's fine. It's I mean, did, actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? she's really really good she's a she's a bright little girl um i've been told a lot that she's advanced i mean i don't know how advanced advanced they're talking about but um i have been told she is and she's just on it but i will say she's quite bossy my kid is quite the bossy one and i think she takes i kind of like me. it yeah i kind of like it our our kid's starting to get bossy she's telling us want to go to bed she's like bye bye to the tv bye bye to the light she sometimes my husband will bring the laptop to bed so now she goes all done and closes it and she says you're done we're just all going to bed now yeah i i, I kind of like it i'm like hey i want i wish i had that self-assurance that yes. confidence to just yes. be like i will come in and i will boss everyone with two words two words Two words, yes. And you know what, my mom does. My my uh, my little girl does that to me too. So she'll be like, um, "Mom, let's go. Let's get out of here." So I was just like, "Okay, let's go." And we go get in the car, and she's just like, "Okay, you drive now." Uh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me just get in the car. car. I was actually gonna take a nap, but now that you say that, I will drive. <laughs> and you go. You drive now. Um, same thing when she wants people, she's very good with boundaries. So when she wants people out of her house, because she wants to go to sleep or she wants me in her time, mm. she'll look at them, grab their purse for them. Okay. Wow. Bye. I packed you up. Like, <laughs> like you're good. Did you, Sometimes you I'm your like, shoes? I was feeling like that too. And I didn't know how to tell her to go, but you just did it for me. Thank you. See, and I love that. I wish we kind of had that, like more of that confidence. When I was talking to Naomi, something we mentioned about like, 
starting to introduce saying no thank you when people tell you stuff or whatever. And it's like, that's what kids are able to do is just to say like, no, I don't want to do that. And, and we're just so shaped by society and culture now to be like, oh yeah, that's so nice. Let's keep talking for another three hours. Yeah. I'd love to do this. I'd love to catch up again. Oh, na, 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 and all of this. And then you're like, I don't even want to do that. I'm just saying that because I'm trying to be nice. But like, so let me tell you, I actually, so, um, I I've gone to therapy for many years in my life. Um, and my therapist one time, um, I told her, I said, I really struggle with um, people giving me unsolicited opinions, you know, like yeah. I hate it. Like yeah. I, I'm nice enough and I take it in like, but in mm -hmm. my head, I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't care, you know, I'm with you. Um, mm -hmm. but I don't say anything. So she said, well, how did these conversations go? And I said, well, you know, usually I'm just like, hi, how are you? And she's like, well, there's your mistake right there. And she goes, you, the moment that you, that you say, hi, how are you? You've kind of opened up the doors for, you're inviting people to tell you yeah. how they are, um, you know, what they're trying to say or whatever's on their mind that day to come out. Um, she's like, how about a simple, hi? I said, that's weird. It's weird, right? Like, it's just weird yeah. to be like, hi, and then just walk away. Yeah. So then she goes, no, it's definitely something that society needs to learn to do more. Just a simple hi. And when yeah. you're maybe in the ready to, to go into deeper conversation, you say, hi, how are you? Then yeah. you can open it up for that person to say, and I never thought about that. I'm like, yeah. maybe sometimes we use too many words. Because yeah. I tell my daughter the same thing. You don't want something? What, how do we say, you know, politely? No, thank you. Mm -hmm. So she's big on like, no, thank you. No, thank you. But I, love I don't even do no, thank you. Yeah, I, I want mean, to really... be more like, no, thank you. Yeah, I want to do that so bad. We're um, so we moved from Russia when I was twelve, and within okay. Russian culture, um, I mean, my mom struggled with this. So when we came here, everybody at like the grocery store or whatever, everyone's like, "Hi, how are you?" And for my mom was like, "Why is everyone asking me my personal life?" Because like in Russia, you don't do that. Like you stick to your family unit, but strangers are strangers. You yes. you you deal with things like publicly and politely, but. Um, you're not friends you're not trying right. to make friends and it's this whole like within american culture where everyone's really overly friendly almost yes. and i struggled also like overcoming that and because i was like why are people asking you how are you when you don't know them and then i always yes. thought it was weird if like drive through they're like hi how are you i'm like why are you asking i only have 30 yes. seconds do you really want me to tell you how i am because like we'll be here for a while Forever. <laughs> Yeah, and so you know, it was just and then you open it thing. up, and sometimes, sometimes you don't really want to know what that person's doing. Like yeah, you're kind you're of kind of set it. it. I don't know if it's polite or or because that's what socially what you say. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, actually, so that that was an eye opener for me. It's like you're absolutely right. I've literally I opened it up to question, like, how are you? You're asking I mean, them. I'm asking at this point. Yeah. It's just like, tell me your business. I'm here to listen. I might as well just mm -hmm. say that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know that it's been a struggle. Why did you sure. go to therapy and just in general? Or I'm just really interested. Um, I I love this. Yeah, stuff. yeah, no, 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 no. Um, so actually, um, so I, when I was about, I think I was about 24, I had this boyfriend and um, I was really into him. First guy. So let me, let me back up first because to give you a little bit of content, um, context. Um, so I didn't like him at the beginning. I thought he was ugly. I just was not into him. I just, you know, but I, I liked his personality. I liked him enough where I wanted to, you know, hang out with him and get to know him. 
so one day he gave me an ultimatum because you know we would go out we'd party and i'd always end up with a different guy and leave him there but he'd be my driver so he gave wow. me an ultimatum one day and was like talk uh, about a doormat <laughs> yeah You live and you learn. So then um, he he told me one day, you know, Genesis, I can't do this anymore. So you're either going to be with me or you're not. Yeah. So even though I knew that I wasn't physically attracted to him, I also knew that I didn't want to lose him. Mm. So I stayed. But being young and dumb and knowing I wasn't ready for what he wanted out of me, um, I cheated on him a lot. Ah, a lot. Yes. So um, when that happened... Um, he found out, of course, that I that I did this, and then I lost him, and that relationship kind of spiraled out of control. It mm. became very toxic. Um, but losing him, because he was the first person I lived with, and you know, shared a lot of really deep personal stuff. Mm. Um, when I finally lost that, I lost my person, you know. Um, and I'll tell you that one of my girlfriends, uh, she told me, he's different. You need to stop. He's not like every other guy because this mm. one's really going to hurt you. It's, you're mm. you're going to feel this later. And I didn't listen to that. You know, I thought, you know, I was young and I yeah. felt hot and I thought I just, I knew it all, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, sure enough, when I lost him, I lost my sense of self. I didn't know. I, at that point, I didn't know what made me happy. Mm. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I, mm. I didn't even know how to live without him. I was so used to having him there and yeah. his family because I became very close to his family. So um, I kind of got into a really deep depression. Mm. So there was days where I would have like my period and I wouldn't go take a shower. I just laid in bed and I would cry and cry and cry. Um, and also because our relationship became so toxic. So there was this, um, so one time him and I had gone to Vegas and we had gotten into this huge fight. Um, and I ended up leaving the room, um, because we were arguing so much. And so when I, I left the room running, I was so drunk. So when I'm out there, um, a guy had approached me and he's like, Hey, you know, how are you? Are you okay? And you know, here I am drunk and not really in my, you know, senses. I'm just giving yeah. him information. So then he assaults me. Um, he sexually assaults me. I end up in Vegas for three days, um, uncommunicated to nobody can reach me because when you're in Vegas, you can't call out from their hospitals, um, because they're long distance and, uh, they don't give, you know, information on rape victims. So I was just kind of out there. And then the police was looking for him because the, uh, people that were on each side of, um, where we were staying, the the i guess roommates whatever on the on the opposite side you know um like neighbors yeah the neighbors yeah so um they told him that we had argued so when they finally got to the hospital they were thinking he did it to me so he was scared so he just drove back to california Uh. so from from um laws from nevada to all the way back to california so finally i get a hold of him because one of the nurses um lends me his cell phone so i can call out and um He's like, oh, I already left and, you know, I'm scared to go back. And, you know, what if I go to jail? And I said, no, like, they know it's not you. Anyway, all of that to tell you that that just kind of put more strain on our relationship because as it is, we went to try and fix it. It was already on the rocks. So with all of that and then losing, you know, the only support I felt I had in that time of my life. um, Yeah, I just I couldn't I couldn't function. I was a non-functional human being. I just wanted to lay there all day. Um, And my mom would get really frustrated with me, you know, Um, she didn't know what else to do. You know, she kind of hit that point where she was telling me, get up, 
get dressed, take a shower. And I was just like, leave me alone. I just, I don't want to. So one day I sat there and I guess I had just cried as much as I could cry. You know, mm. we were done. I was kind of left with like this, um, like this empty feeling because of what happened to me. Like I had no control. Yeah. Um, and I said, I'm not going to do this. I'm not, this is not me. This has never been me. I need to do something about it. So mm. I asked my mom if I could borrow her car. I took off and I started driving. I didn't know where I was going. I had no idea what I was going to do. Mm. Um, my plan initially actually was to go look for him. Um, mm. And then I, I stopped myself from doing that because I just figured it would be more, it'd be, it, would, it was going to essentially be more drama. Yeah. So um, I finally sat down. I called my insurance and I said, I need to know nearest therapist near this address. And they mm. gave me a few. They're like, you need to look at our website. This is what you do. So I went to go look. I literally showed up at a therapist's door knocking. She had a patient in there. And I'm like, I need to talk to somebody. I don't know what to wow. do. I don't know how to be happy. And she, I was like distraught. And she's like, okay, sweetie, sit down, sit down. I'm with somebody. I'll be with you right now. So um, she finished that consultation. And then she helped me out. She didn't take my insurance information she none of that she just got to what's wrong like mm. what's going on yeah and i just started pouring it out like you know i i love him and so then she asked me the the make make or break question do you still want to be with him mm. and i said i sat there and i'm and i'm crying over him right because i my head right like this is i love him but when she yeah. asked me that question i couldn't say yes i still want to be with him because the relationship was so toxic and there was so much there. I wasn't sure I wanted to go back to that. But I also knew that I felt like I was, I had lost something. You're and I didn't yourself. know. Yes. Like I didn't yeah. know like how to come back from where, where I was, you know? Mm. So then um, she asked me, she was just like, um, you know, is that something that you want? And I said, no, I, I don't think, I don't think it's what I want. And then she's like, well, what do you want? And I told her, um, I want, I want to know what I like. Like, I want mm. to know what makes me happy. I don't mm -hmm. know that. I can seriously sit here and look at you and tell you I have no idea how to question. make myself smile again. Wow. And so um, she's like, what are you passionate about? And that to this day, to this day, Lily, I think about it. What am I passionate about? Mm. Do you know how hard it is to like know what you're passionate about? Very few people actually know what they're passionate yeah. about. And so I, I, I sat on that, you know, like, what am I passionate about? And I, I couldn't come up with anything. I was not passionate about anything. Mm. I didn't have like, I liked things. I sure. enjoyed to do certain things, but I wouldn't call any of it a passion. More like hobbies, projects, things that were going on, just activities you enjoyed. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, um, I started asking people you know what your passion is? You know what your passion mm. is? Like friends, you know, just in conversation randomly, actually, I just throw it out there. Hey, do you yeah. know what your passion is? I'd be surprised how many people said, no, I don't mm. know what my passion is. So I started to think like, I'm seriously lacking something here. Like there's something missing. I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know what makes me happy. Like, how am I going to get to, you know, um, to, you know, uncover these things that are missing in my life? Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I got, well, first of all, I needed a job. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a car. Like I was completely lost individual. So I, I started there, you know, the basics, you know, job, car, yeah, income. 
So um, once once I overcame that, I still was searching for my passion. Like I said, to this day, I still search for my passion. Um, but I will say this. Once I had my daughter, she became my passion. Mm. I'm very passionate about um, doing things for her. Mm. Um, you know, like seeing her smile, planning like activities for her. Yeah. Um, but I know that at one at some point, she's going to grow up. She's mm, going to, yeah. you know do her own thing, find her own passions. And hopefully I've created that foundation for her. Mm. And that'll be, that'll be, you know, a victory for me. If she can sit there and tell me, Hey mom, I'm passionate about like this. I'd be like, hell yeah, I fucking did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she has a fucking passion. She knows what she wants in life. Like I did it mm-hmm. um, because I struggle to this day, you know, with my own passion. I mean, I'm passionate about her and I love her, but when she grows up and she leaves the nest, what am I going to have for me? So um, I think about that a lot. Like, so I still try to find it. So I take up like little things like I I do art sometimes and I try to find the passion in that or like I've worked out and been like super fit. Um, And that was all great. But I I can't tell you that I was passionate about any of it. Mm. So um, I'm still there. I'm still in my search for passion to see what it is that I'm truthfully passionate about. Something that drives me Um, have yet to find it. So I won't say that I have, um, but hopefully soon. Hopefully I'll what if it. your passion is to help others find passion? Actually, I never thought about that. That's um, because now you've way. gone through this beautiful journey. I mean, like things have been handed to you and you carry them. You put your backpack on and you said, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Like anyone who's listening to this, who has faced any sorts of depression or postpartum through motherhood or through this conversation are now asking themselves, well, what is my passion? Like you could be enlightening so many little candles right now. Yeah. And what if you, through your own experience, can help others by asking the question, what is your passion? And you could even create your own, let's call it a course, but like how did you go about finding it or answering that question? And what are some things you could try? What are some questions you should talk to? What if it's a a journal? What if the journal saying, okay, you start with 10, then you go down to five, then it's one. Or write a paragraph of things that you like, then get it down to one sentence, then get it down to one word. That's your yes. passion. Or, you know, what? because you're, you're talking about all these things that you're already doing. And I think taking your journey and what you've gone through, because you want this for your daughter, you want your daughter to have this passion. So you're already kind of doing this. You're helping your daughter. But I think you could be helping others. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that makes... That makes a lot of sense. That's actually a good like light bulb flickering. Cause I never thought of a passion being passionate about helping uh, other people. Um, yeah. Sometimes when you think about like having a passion, you think about like, oh, you know, I gotta be really good at like. It's gotta be definitive. It's gotta yes. be like a thing. Yes. You gotta be able to handle it. You gotta be like, oh, macrame. I will now yeah. be passionate about <laughs> macrame. <laughs> yeah, or like, oh, you're yes. scrapbooking. Let me also uh, now do uh, scrapbooking. Yes. Yes. I, yeah, I totally that, get that. But also, too, I don't have very many hobbies. You know, like you talk to people and you're like, oh, yeah, today I went cycling and, yeah. you know, um, oh, today now I'm going snowboarding. And mm-hmm. I've never been a person to take on lots of hobbies. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing that and, and all of this to say to you um, that I think up until I had my daughter. So all my previous years before I focused a lot on not not on myself. I focused on, I just, just 
going through by the, like through the day-to-day motions of whatever was going on that day yeah. but I never actually put focus on myself as a person mm. and now that I have my daughter I see all these things right because I want them for her yeah. so like I want her to have all these things that and not just like material things or you know but like like deep-rooted things like things that you like for yourself like what are you passionate about for example or like what hobbies do you like to do like, yeah you know they they say a lot of people who have like hobbies and stuff um and who are passionate about stuff are less likely to sit there and talk about others like you know because they're talking about ideas versus people yeah well because you're so um, busy with your own passion you don't have time for the rumors and the gossip and the thing or talk bad yes. it's like you you just don't have that mental space but yes. something I was going to ask you is that I think it's all right not to have a physical activity passion. And from the sounds of it, I mean, I'm sure you want to be like an example for your daughter so she can see that you are passionate about stuff. But if you were, and I don't know this, so this is going to be kind of more of a question. But let's say if we stay on the topic of you helping others to find passion, if something you like to do is talking to people. I know it sounds weird. It's like, oh, just talking to people is no, my passion. No, actually, but like, um, Naomi, Naomi said that to me, actually. She's the first person to ever say it to me because I, I always run these ideas by her. Actually, I had run an idea by her telling her that I wanted to do a, a memoir on uh, just, you know, my life. Because there's been a yeah. lot of things that have happened in my life that are still happening um, that haven't come to like an end um, that probably a lot of people could relate to. Yeah. Um, and she's just like, Genesis, she's like, you know what I've learned about you? you like um teaching others yeah because every time her and i talk she's like you're always teaching me us about something new for sebastian or something something new uh to help with like making things easy she's like you're always wanting to like contribute in that way she's just like maybe that's your passion maybe that's something you're passionate about you know mm -hmm. um so she was the first person to actually bring it up and i never quite actually thought about it until actually until now like that i'm piecing together what you're saying yeah. and what she said um but yeah that's an interesting thought it might just i might just very well be very passionate about it could be something yeah and you could be going you know you could be doing you could still be staying home like with your daughter and hanging out and you guys could be traveling and you could be doing online courses or appearances or go to schools and talk about overcoming depression overcoming sexual assault how to deal with toxic relationships i mean these are things that people are dealing every single day and those who have gone through it or those who haven't and yeah. if they he can hear you speaking and then seeing how you have overcome those things seeing how happy you are now with your daughter now you're a mom i mean you could be saving lives you could be helping people find their passion because as you've been depressed yourself those who get depressed you almost want to give up on yourself you don't want to yeah. pursue anything yeah, you, do. you don't feel alive you feel like a wet towel that's hopefully will disintegrate it and nobody will care about difficult to get out of depression um, yeah but you did it i mean yeah. this is something you could be teaching people and that could be your passion is passion is teaching, saving people, doing it, your own course of your own story. It doesn't have to be anything crazy or dramatic. It's just you sharing your heart, you sharing your story and saying, this is how I did it. And if it benefits you, great. If it doesn't, also cool. But this is my life and this is me this is putting my I'm heart on the sleeve. Yeah, I yes. think that would be just so beautiful. Because, I mean, your story, the 
you going to Vegas and then getting in the fight with that guy, but actually getting sexually assaulted by someone else, but them thinking that it could be that guy. I mean, that's a premise for like a Law and Order SVU episode where it's like yeah. they set you up for this one thing, and you're like, well, of course it was the you know the boyfriend, whoever. The boyfriend, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then it's someone else because they didn't, you know, that story didn't get shown, and like so there's yeah. these flippets already of your life that could inspire. Uh, let's say films or shows or books or ideas or I mean it there's different branches that could grow that I think are absolutely beautiful and you have such a good upbeat attitude about how you're presenting because now you're on the other side of it I'm sure things are still going to happen but yeah people would love to follow along your journey and hear how are you handling things today and what's going to happen in the store if somebody approaches you now with this other thing and how are you you know like yes and actually, when you say that to me, so right before I got on um, the podcast to talk to you, I was talking to one of my girlfriends and I was telling her, um, I don't really like to talk about myself. So this even being on here today with you is um, out of my comfort zone. One hundred percent. I'm definitely not that person that is on Instagram live, like talking um, yeah, I'm very shy. Hard. And then I also feel like a lot of people don't really care for what I have to say. You know, it's just a yeah. thought process. I'm sure it's not necessarily true, but that's my own thought process. It's due to trauma. I can really, I go through the same thing. This is, I do this podcast, but every single time I'm like, why am I doing this? What, it's, what am I doing? You know? Yes. So, so that's exactly what I talked to her right before. Um, yeah. I told her, I said, you know, um, this is kind of my avenue just to like speak yeah. um, about, you know, how I'm feeling. But realistically, in my head, I didn't even want to tell anybody I was going to be on a podcast because I personally thought no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, it's, like you it's, want it's, them to care, but like nobody cares. So yeah. and that, that I think that's how I shut myself down. And it's it a is, defense a mechanism. It's due to the yeah. trauma. Yeah, it's yeah. due to trauma. And I mean, I'm the only way I'm speaking up is because I literally go through the same thing where I'm like, no one's even going to care. Why would I post a picture of myself with this saying how my day went or um, yes. the vlogging or the video? I really struggle with it. I kind of carry myself as this like other thing, but I really struggle with it because I think no one's going to care. And yes. people yes. have shown me otherwise, but I can't accept it. And I think it's easier for me to say, oh, no one's going to care. And so when I don't see results or I don't believe in it myself, it's easier for me to accept it. Yes. And uh, I, it's almost like I'd rather set the expectations really low so I'm not disappointed. So you're not disappointed. That's exactly what it is. And then also, yeah. too, sometimes when you piece together um, already feeling like people don't care and then yeah. you get the judgment, you're yeah. just kind of like, you see, this kind of solidifies for me why I don't, why yeah. I don't do it to begin with. And then it's easy just to, I guess, yeah. power it away from it because yeah. you don't want to feel how you feel, felt in that moment. So um, that that is what's stopping me. I mean, totally. do I feel like like it's something I, I you know, I, I do like, actually, I really do. So every time I talk to, um, so one of my girlfriends, she's actually, she's like a therapist. And every time we talk and she's just like, you know, it seems like you like to talk about like psychology and like there you, have you thought about going to school for it? I'm just like, yeah, no. No, never crossed my mind, but I do actually. I love reading the self-help books and yeah. even like the children books on, I actually have like, I'm looking at like three or four about, you know, how to talk to your toddler, how to deal with tantrums. Um, yeah. That's my thing. I definitely do love that kind of stuff. All my books are self-help books. I don't think I own one that is like a fictional, you know, like yeah. romance love story. So you love to learn and you like to share it with others. Yeah. Yes. Yes, so I definitely maybe maybe you could set it up in a way where it's almost like you're answering questions. So if a question was proposed to you, you know, like how did you 
deal with the trauma? How did you overcome your depression? What was the path? You know, if you are set up for these kinds of yes. to tell your story. And so you could do it that way. Um, and if you want to talk about it further, we can like, because I'd love to help you because I think you you could do oh, really well in inspiring others. I think just hearing your story already, I'm like, wow, this could really resonate with a lot of people. It could really help a lot of people. Just learning some of the, hearing some of the things, I'm like, oh, I can recognize a little bit of myself in that. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that. You know that one um, Netflix movie uh, that came out recently? What was it called? The one where the girl, oh, man, um, uh, she was, uh, I guess she had a baby and she's like doing everything by herself, but she's going through like all these struggles. It just mm. recently came out. It was like really big. Anyway. I've been so off she, Netflix, but. Uh, okay. So, so it's really big and a lot of people watched it. Oh, it's called yeah. Made. Made. Okay. That's what okay. it's called. So I, if you haven't watched it, watch it. It's actually really good. Uh, but I had a lot. I did just shock the crap out of me. How many people reached out to me to tell me? that story reminds me of yours it's pretty parallel or it's in line to like what you've gone through mm-hmm. and that's it to me like oh crap man I mean, maybe i've gone through some real crap in this like you know in my lifetime for people to actually reach out to me and say hey watch this movie because you're yeah. possibly going to relate to it very closely yeah. and yeah i did i watched it was really hard for me to watch because it did re- relate to a lot of it mm-hmm. um but yeah so i definitely i i feel like this that's being said to me has been said to me before by Naomi and um, yeah. it's been a thought in the back of my mind always but yeah a lot of it is fear a lot of yeah. it is fear what stops me I'm with you you know what I personally am trying to work really hard on is listening this kind of goes back and forth sometimes when it's unsolicited advice and it doesn't go along with my story I will say no but sometimes there are certain things that come up in my life where I keep hearing things over and over again where I'm like somebody said oh you should do this you should do this and I'll brush it off constantly and I'm trying to focus on like man I've heard that before and maybe I should listen and maybe I should try it and it's so hard because I'm like again that fear that self-talk comes in your head and you discourage yourself but something that's helped me to get this off the ground is um really considering my daughter and what example do I want to set for her and one of those is being brave and just going for it and showing like showing her that yes, I should do certain things. Yes, I can do them. Yes, if it's cringy and it's weird and it's awkward and it's whatever, I will follow through and I'm going to try it and I'm going to give it my best. And so I can set that example for her. And that's really helped me. And something that I heard, I think Naomi just used it as a sound too, but uh, there's like this like tale where it's if uh, a mother's firstborn is a daughter, she's meant to learn something about herself. Okay, and yeah. Uh, and it's if it's a son, it's she's meant to find the love she's never had before, to experience a love she's never had before. And so that's something that I think about and something my daughter's helped me through is because I'm trying to teach her certain things and trying to show her different things, I'm learning a lot about myself. Yeah. And I see a little bit of that in you because I, I know I can see how much you love your daughter and the things that you've gone through. And so now shaping your reality of where do you want to be and what example do you want to show her and what is she teaching you about yourself like while you're teaching her all these things all these things that you're learning about yourself are so important what what a little human being can teach you about yourself it's mind-blowing it's mind-blowing wild it's so it's so wild because yeah i've learned a lot that i i really struggle setting boundaries with people 
a lot. Mm, yeah. And I've seen it in cases with my daughter um, where I, I do struggle setting those boundaries. And, mm. you know, I want her and I just said she's really good at setting boundaries. Right. So, like, I, I bring it up because I'm very proud because I struggle with it. Yeah. Um, so um, it, it just it's taught me like that part of me. And I'm always constantly telling myself these are things I want to improve. So boundary setting is one. I really want to improve my boundary setting. Also yeah. really want to improve um you know, my relationships with like my family members and, and learning mm -hmm. to communicate because it's not so much that I have a bad relationship with them. I don't. Um, but learning to communicate without having to have a an argument with them. Mm, okay. Um, because I'm the person that I hold in my emotions. So by the time I say something, I've already held in like five or ten things that have pissed me off that you've said. And now at this point I'm just blowing up. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I, I definitely want to work on that, you know, communicating that way she can see what effective communicating looks like, yeah. you know, um, because if not, I don't want her to have blowouts all the time. Yeah. You know, I want her to learn to, um, communicate effectively so that she can actually get somewhere. Yeah. So, and actually it's really interesting because that's exactly what I'm working on with her right now. So I'm teaching her something that I can't effectively yeah. do myself. Yeah. So uh, right now she's uh, she's two. So she's learning about, you know, boundaries and being independent. And, you know, when she wants something, it's like mine, mine, mine. So mm -hmm. like I'm teaching her to like communicate instead of yelling at the kid like, no, this is mine. You know, like, yeah, like I'm playing with this right now, but I can share this with you, you know, so I'm learning. I'm teaching her, you know, uh, how to communicate that stuff. But it's just really interesting because if I think about myself, I'm not quite where I'm asking my daughter to be either. So interesting. it's, it's really interesting. Um, and I've actually even considered, I haven't gone to therapy for a while um, after all that trauma, but I am and have been thinking about going back to therapy so I can work on myself um, yeah. on those aspects. That, that way I'm not focusing on these large traumas, but I'm working on small, small issues. Like it does make such a difference, such a difference. So that yeah. way I can not just teach her and say, hey, this is how you should do it. But look, mommy knows how to do it, too. Lead by example. But it's, but it's very hard when you go years doing yeah. things a certain way. And now you yeah. want to do things differently for the greater good of your kids. Yeah. But you don't know how. It's just and even when you do know how, because you read all the books, right? So like I told you, I have like a bunch of self-help books. You read the books, you see what it looks like. Come the moment, it yeah. comes out differently because you react off of how you know what, what you know it's hard to change from reacting to responding to take yes. the time and think okay this is what i should do because it's a habit it's what you're used to doing it's what you you're just used to doing it it's all it's learned behavior so yeah you, you learn it you do it and it just it's hard to undo it's really hard to undo yeah so i'm, I'm super struggling with that right now um but definitely taking the necessary steps because i want to lead by example i definitely don't want to be that parent that's like you got to do this because I tell you because yeah. it doesn't make sense to anybody. It doesn't make sense to me when my parents told me you don't yeah. do it. Why do I got to do it? Yeah. So, I mean, that's what my daughter's going to look at me and say to me, you don't do it. Yeah. Why do I got to do it? So um, I'm still thinking about like your passion and your course. And now that I'm considering your daughter more into consideration, I'm also like almost picturing this. And this is just where my mind goes. So you can ignore me. Um, okay. <laughs> but I'll almost, let you know if I decide to brush you off. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, uh, but I'm also picture. I'm almost picturing whether it's like a blog or a video or whatever, or whether it's for just for you, for your own journal and your own memories. Cause it sounds like you, cause you're teaching your daughter, but also working on yourself. So it's a double thing of like what I taught my daughter today, what I learned from it today. 
And you just, those, the, you answer two questions, whether you do it weekly, whether you do it monthly, whether it's like, this is what we're going over. This is what my daughter taught. So this is what she taught me, what I taught her. And this is what I learned from it. And you just. Actually, a blog might not be a bad idea because I wouldn't have to, I could just put it out there without having to, you know, yeah. like, for example, like today be on video speaking and, you know, this is a lot harder for me than writing it down, putting it out there and then just walking away from it for a second, <laughs> let it take its yeah. course. So I, uh, that's actually really good feedback. Thank you. I would, because I, I, I just really think you have so much to share and I want to encourage it as much as I can. If you oh, ever you. want to write things down but aren't ready for the blog, I would love to, because I started the blog for the podcast to go along with, I'd love to publish it on there and just let it roll and you can express your feelings. You can start your own if you like to. I just, I really want to encourage you to, I, I think you have beautiful things to say and I think a lot of oh, people would learn you. from it. Thank you. Thank you. It's definitely, I don't know, it's coming from you. It's more believable. And I guess it's because you don't know me. So you don't really owe me anything or have to tell me this stuff. But when I hear it from friends, it's like, okay. It's weird when we hear things from our friends and family versus our versus strangers. Because like, well, yeah. we almost trust strangers not to tell us the lie because we are so used to everyone being so nice and yes. over, you know. Um, and it's also on the other way. I read this thing about why strangers root more for you than the people you know. And it's because the yeah. people you know started the same place as you and they can't believe it that you're going somewhere else. And so yes. they kind of shut off and stop the rooting and the hyping up and it's like they can't believe it that they're not doing something so it's it's yeah. odd to meet strangers and well they also say you know right like um you're naturally inclined to be nicer to a stranger than you would be to for example like your own family member yeah and that's because the stranger has done nothing you know like you don't know this you don't have the history you don't have history. that yeah yes. So, the constant thing of like, well, you did this one thing a year ago and I'm still holding it against you. And the, yes, yeah. yes. So there's, there's a lot of that. So the, when you're telling me this, I can actually take it in and believe it versus if like a good friend told me this and then good friends have said this to me. Yeah. So I have my really good friend, uh, Monica is constantly, you know, just we're constantly having these kind of, you know, conversations you know i'm always talking to her about something that's going on or you know the changes that i would like in life and me or you know we we have these hour to two hour conversations bless her soul for listening to me because she probably picks up the phone and she's like oh here we go again hours <laughs> on the phone you know and sometimes it's the same conversation yeah. every day mm -hmm. it's we're talking we're kind of adding we're you expanding on that conversation yeah. but it's the same conversation every day but anyway um Yes, it's it's definitely it's definitely something more than one person has mentioned to me um, and, you know, um, something to consider. For sure. Just to, from my own personal experience, from what I found, whether you believe in God or the universe or whatever, whichever way you want to take it. But I have found that when those things happen to happen again and again and again, it's for me, I believe in God. It's God telling me, will you just learn this lesson? Will you just listen and do it? Will you just do it? Yes. If not, I'm going to make it reappear in front of you again until you learn because whether it's god universe whoever you know it's this higher Power. other self yeah. yeah or your you know maybe it's you from the future speaking to yourself of just do this thing because i'm putting it in your life for a reason and usually when i follow through it like just goes like with this podcast i was like i don't know i don't know and then i started i had it within a week i just because it fell together and i was questioning for such a long time but then Whether that's when I was like, or not. yeah, and then it's those things that are meant to be in your life 
that keep pushing themselves, that keep knocking at your door and you just keep shutting the door back in their face. When yeah. you do open the door, you're like, oh my gosh, you came with balloons and cake. And I, this whole time I've been ignoring this whole opportunity. Yeah. And, and, and you know what, actually, now that you touched on that, I have, um, I have actually, I do believe in God. I am religious, but I'm not like a practicing, like I don't practice my religion. I don't, I don't go to church. I don't do any of that. Yeah, you don't but I've been church. thinking, um, I've been thinking lately, I could really be closer to God. Because I see, so I see all these people that are really close to God and they're like thriving. And I don't know like if it's because they feel connected or, you know, so that makes me feel like I'm missing some kind of higher sure. power connection, mm -hmm. maybe to give me the confidence to go, yeah. you know, because I, I, like I said, I read all these books and I, you know, I, I try to help myself that way, but maybe it's not even um, reading and doing because I know all of that. Maybe yeah. it's having like this higher power or this connection spiritually to give me the internal confidence that I need to yeah. actually do it. Um, and, and I'm that person, I will say, I want to do all these things. And like, I, going back to it, the fear always overpowers, you know, yeah. the, 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 the want of, or the motivation to like do anything. Cause you get scared. Yeah. You get scared of like what people are going to say. Yeah. I mean, even going on this podcast, talking to people about coming on this podcast, they were already like, where are you going to mention that? You probably shouldn't mention that. Those people don't you know? pay your bills. Those people don't raise your kid. Those people, you know what I mean? Like that's, but we let those people influence us is the thing. Something that has helped me is this phrase, I'm sure you've seen on shirts, but uh, faith over fear. And so whenever yeah. I have fear that something's going to go wrong, I try to remember and try to remind myself, have faith that it'll actually work out. What if instead of worrying about it, what if you believe that it works out? And yeah. it's helped along with, I've switched my prayers over in the last three months. I just had this like revelation because I've been, before when I was praying, I would ask God for help for a certain thing that I'm trying to do. And I was asking God to help me with my agenda. And now I've switched it where I'm like, God, I want to surrender myself to you and to show me and tell me what is it that I can do to serve others, to serve God, to serve other people. And so instead of asking God to help me with my agenda, I'm asking now, how can I be the vehicle to help yeah. others? And it's this surrender into humbleness that I don't know at all. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I just am kind of flowing in it. So like, just help me flow in this river and do it safely. Going back to freedom. It's a freedom. Freedom. Yes. 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 Brave heart. Yeah, no, that's actually, I should, I should start a blog and just throw freedom in there every time. Cause I just feel like yeah. that's a big thing. We it's you're uh, trapped in this yeah. thought process. You know what I mean? Like set yourself um, free from fear. That's your, oh. that's your tagline. And I'm going to have my, my blog face is going to be a blue face. Like oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. No, I'm telling you, right? If you write something, I am more than happy to publish it on my blog to get you going. If you want to start your own a hundred percent, but I'm what, if you need something from me, I'm here to back you up, to encourage you and say, you can do this because you can't, I mean, I just can't say it enough that what you have to say is important. Thank you. Thank you. I, I mean, yeah, coming from you, I, I feel motivated right now. Like right now, I feel like paint your face blue. Let's, let's go! go! Oh my God, where's the blue paint? I'm gonna paint <laughs> yes. my face blue. Let's get off this podcast. Let's start working on what I want to write. Come on! Like I know. Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. And then you know, life happens, and you yeah. get yeah. Yes, yes. I, I mean, I should just stay on the phone with you all day. But that's you know, why it's important. 
it's important to have your tribe, it's important to have your friends to check in and say, even let's say, hey, let's check in in two weeks and three weeks and say, like, if you really want to focus on this, it's almost like an addiction. You have to break the addiction of not believing in yourself. And so you have to check in and say, hey, how is your process on this? I, I, and I will, I would love to text you in a couple of weeks and say, hey, I, I would love to hear from you. Keep me accountable. Would you, yeah, would you like to write about this one thing? Would you like to do, uh, you know, if you want to. I don't want to push anything. And it's something that needs no, to come push, from your push, heart. Push, <laughs> push, push, push. Uh, it, it is, I do, I do want to do this. It's like pregnancy and motherhood. You have to push the baby out. You have yes. to push this yes, freedom please. and this creativity. <laughs> yes, okay. Freedom of it all. Yes, no, I definitely uh, push away. I am I am one of those that definitely needs more than one push. I mean, I am obviously enough. I'm motivated enough to know that like I'm in a bad spot. I need to, you know, improve myself. Um, but taking it to a point where now I'm bringing what I have to bring to the table out into the light for other people to see yeah. is a little scary. But that could be your way of serving. This is could be your reason for being on this earth. This could be your why. This could be your passion. These could be the answers that you've been searching for and treading water and asking, what is this? What is that? This could be the example and the, the role model that you're looking for your daughter to be, to be that person. So she, when she looks up at you and says, oh my gosh, my mom has helped so many people because when they read her words, they realize yeah. that they can do it themselves. They can survive that depression. That, they can overcome those relationships. I'm going to tell you, if my purpose in life is solely for my daughter to look at me and say, hey, you were brave. Yeah. You're fearless. Oh, I'm getting shivers. Yeah. No, that that would be enough for me to be like. Do it for your daughter. I made enough impact on you. And that yeah, was it. And that's all that matters. That was it for me. And if other people can read it, good for them. Because if you want to publish it, then it's wonderful to help others. But that's the thing it doesn't have to be so scary just write for your daughter what do you want to share with your daughter what would you yeah. want to tell her and you can yeah. name it thoughts for my daughter yeah yeah i mean that would act yeah that's actually really and there's right. be da- there's going to be daughters who have poor relationships with their moms who when they read those words they'd be like oh my gosh i wish my mom would have told me that i wish my mom would have said those things to me if you ever apologize and to your daughter and i tell you that's that's kind of where and again, I don't necessarily, I, I, I don't have necessarily a poor relationship with my mom, but my mom had me at 15. So she's It's hard to be old. a parent when it's you're a baby. It's really hard yeah. to be a parent. And, you know, um, unfortunately, she wasn't there when I was, when I was young too much, you know, um, she's always in the background somewhere, but I am my grandma's, you know, daughter. Yeah. Um, she took care of me and looked out for me. So I'm kind of coming from that place of, yeah. I didn't have the closest relationship or the best relationship with my mom. And now her and I, we talk every day. And it's really just interesting because it's my daughter that brought the relationship between me and my mom closer, um, yeah. ironically enough, right? Because her and I were never, you know, really close, but my daughter was the one. And I, I'm actually really grateful because my mom loves my daughter so much. And if even if you know we had the rockiest relationship even if it was like the worst the fact that she loves her as much as she loves her yeah. it it erases all of that and yeah. don't get me wrong she gets on my nerves quite often like often enough i'm like this lady just don't just yeah. bye <laughs> you know yeah um but just seeing how she interacts with her like when i see her come over and she's like on her hands and knees crawling after my daughter or you know uh, does it kind of ma- does it kind of make you wish she was kind of like that with you when you were little. Is there a little bit of that in the back of your head? Um, no, I've never processed that way. 
I guess the expectation that I get from my mom now today is not to go back and, you know, wish that that were different. It's more, I wish my mom would be more uh, present for me. Um, mm. and, and she's present for my daughter and her and I get along great. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes I find it really hard to talk to her, you know? Um, and she's actually the, um, she always, every time I talk about my mom, it brings out the tears, you know? Cause, um, she's been my biggest struggle. Um, yeah. I, I have a hard time, you know, getting close with my mom. Like I'm close, we're close, but I mean like not a, um, like, um, how do, how do I want to say this? Um, like a deep relationship, like not comfortable, not trusting where you can be like, like, it's just superficial, you know, her yeah. and I talk and it's not deep, yeah. you know, like I tell her stuff and sometimes I feel like it's dismissed. It's like ignored. Her, yeah. Yeah. Like it's almost like she doesn't know what to say to me. Mm. So she just like, I get a lot of, mm, so where's Rowan? Like, you know, she'll change it. Or like, I'll be going through a lot of stuff and, and she sometimes doesn't give input. Mm-hmm. Or there are times that I have said things and I'm like, well, you're not, you're not giving me feedback. And she's just like, well, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, I'm not going through that. You are. And it's just kind of like, oh, um, like I need, like, I'm telling you and I'm coming to you with this for a reason. Um, yeah. And again, it's not like a bad relationship. But I want a deeper relationship. Like we not- seek that from our moms. It's I, I can relate 100%. I won't get into it. We're running out of time. But I uh, would love to talk to you more about it. But it's something that we do. It Maybe it's something that makes us better moms. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. Because when I look at my daughter, I definitely want to have a deep relationship. I don't want to look at her and have those surface level conversations. Like I want to get weather. How's the, yeah. You just like, how are you today? That's the person you want to ask. How are Are you? you I want to open that door and I want you to tell me everything. I want you to tell me if you're anxious, if you're overtired, if you feel overwhelmed, what's going on? Is somebody talking poorly to you? Do you feel all of those things? I want to know. And that's the relationship. I, yeah. Yeah. But like, even then, like even talking about stuff, so like stuff that I'm not happy that she's done maybe in the past because there are a lot of things that I've been holding back for the sake of not continuing something that happened in the past because that's yeah. the past you know but I don't feel like I could bring that up openly without offending and I also don't even think I could bring it up without her being like I'm sorry I'm sorry I did that I think it would be more like you were young you don't understand like you know here come all the excuses and that's what I mean when I say deep relationship where I can actually yeah. sit there and the conversation isn't um, like excuses or things that could have been different. Um, it's like, let's get down to the nitty gritty of it. Let's get down to like what the real problem is, because this is how you and I are going to be free from yeah. like, you know, these feeling, demons that are like, inside you that are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think I think from that relationship, I struggle having deep relationships with everybody else. I have yeah. good relationships with people and I have lots of friends. There are very few friends that I can sit here and be like, hey, so I'm going through this and and really tell them without and, and walk away from that conversation and say, I trust the person that I just said this to. Yeah. Um, 
I, I can't really say I have too many people like that in my life. And it, it I think it stems from feeling that I can't even speak with my mom that way. So what's well, your first person who's supposed to teach you the right way to communicate with someone? The first person who you are supposed to trust and feel open and vulnerable with. And when you, it's something I'm focusing and trying to focus with my daughters, making sure that she feels safe to come to me and let me know. So then she can then take that relationship and example and apply it to others and learn how to because I, I similarly have similar struggle and I, yeah, I, yeah. and I've learned a lot of people do have very similar struggles, even with their moms, especially with their moms, the we, women, you know? Yeah. yeah. Cause we have that, yeah. this expectation of, I wish you would have taught me. I wish you would have told me. I wish you would have shared with me. I wish you would have asked. Yes. And it's, uh, I think we're all kind of waiting for an apology from our mom. So it actually it's really interesting that you say, do you wish your mom was like that with you the way she is with her daughter? And, and, and no, I wish, it's funny, I wish my mom was like me the way I am with my daughter. Yeah. Um, because I, mean, I wish, you know, she and I did things that like Rowan and I do. I have, I, I literally buy activity books because sometimes I don't know when Pinterest sometimes gives you the same ideas, you know? Yeah. So um, I buy activity books and, you know, her and I do activities all the time. It's like, I wish I would have done this with my yeah. daughter, with my mom, you know, I wish her and I had these memories. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, it didn't happen and that's okay. You know, it, it, and it would be okay. I should say if her and I could sit down to talk about these things. Yeah. That way they are put in the past because they're very much present for me. Especially mm -hmm. now that I have a daughter, it's like open wounds for sure. It comes up because like, well, why didn't my mom do this with me? At least for me, I'm like, why didn't, why wouldn't she spend that time with me? Why didn't I matter as my daughter Much. matters to me? I feel like, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it's, that's definitely, um, that's yeah. definitely something that processes on my mind. And although I, you know, I love her for the way she treats her. I love any, if, if anybody's good to my daughter, of I course. love them immediately. It's of just course. like. I know you one day, you're great to my, I love you. You're great. Thank you for loving her as much as I love her, yeah. you know? Um, so I, for, I try to put it aside for, for her. And then also yeah. because I don't want her to see me having a bad relationship with my mom and then her later on grow up and want to have the same yeah. relationship with me and you know, that cycles too. So there are just so many different things to consider. Yeah. Um, when I have with my relationship with my mom, even how that's going to transpire with my daughter is just, yeah. You know, and I mean, it's not perfect. I'm pretty sure later on she'll have her own complaints about me. It's just the way it is. <laughs> but you're encouraging your daughter to speak up about him now so they don't accumulate and become a big erupting volcano. And you're yes. taking notice and acknowledging things. I think it's important to apologize to our kids when we make mistakes, when we yes. ignore them, when something bad happens. We're not always right. And to say, hey, I'm sorry. To hear that from your mom, I think, could alleviate yes. a lot of this built up pressure. Like and actually, that's, that's one of the biggest things is I make it a point every time because I'm not I'm not a perfect parent for sure, especially being a single parent I'm, that leaves for so many more rooms for error because I'm so tired. Yeah. But the biggest thing is I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. And I will tell you that my daughter, when she sees that she did something bad or she's yelling or she's acting up, the first thing she says to me is, Mommy, I'm sorry I yelled. Mm. And it's just like, yes, yeah. yes. It's so important. It's so important for their growth, your growth, and just that's how you can leave those things behind and not let them overwhelm and over accumulate and become heavy on your shoulders is 
it's so simple yet everyone struggles so much it's so hard it. yes. Yeah. yes and that's what so i wish hard. i would hear from my mom or you know jenna says i love talking to you but i do have to go and feed my baby i would okay. love to have you on again yeah. i would love to catch up i would love to text you today in two weeks and just keep this conversation going because i really do think your words are really important and oh thank you i think you could be helping a lot of moms but if not that just I think you could be leaving re really beautiful messages for your daughter. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah, no, I would love to. I would love to catch up with you outside of this um, talk. Um, yeah, and maybe your push will be what I needed. Maybe maybe I'll be looking back at this later on, like, thank you, Lily, because I needed this. How beautiful would, be would that be? How be yeah. You know, like, we get certain people in our lives at random times, whether it's a person at the grocery store or, person on a podcast like we just meet these random people out of nowhere they just kind of align things go and then like when we look back we're like oh my gosh if I didn't meet this person this you know and they play a significant role yeah yeah, yeah no, I agree I agree so, so yeah so let's definitely um you push me uh freedom, <laughs> freedom! Yeah! let's end it on that note that's right all right thank you Genesis um I'm gonna shoot you a text and then we'll just I'd love to have you on again in the like whenever you think is great and then we'll just catch up and i'd love to talk further more into some of these topics that we kind of you know just more specific i think there's so much to motherhood whether it's your relationship yeah. with your daughter or relationship with your mom or your relationship with your friends who are their moms like it just there's so much to learn from and gain from there so i'd love yes. to just keep the conversation going yes let's let's do it thank you for having me i appreciate this time with you i enjoyed my time talking to you um it was nice it was nice just to hear the positive feedback and i appreciate you for it thank you thank you thank you all right i hope you have a good day all right okay thank you you too thank you bye bye, -bye. all right thanks everybody and i will see you next time on mom your own way